We're so glad you joined us for this week's edition of the Teen Challenge of Southern California podcast. You're going to hear from Gary Wilkerson today. Gary shared at our Arise Crusade 2019. Gary is the son of Teen Challenge founder David Wilkerson. Listen in and have a happy new year. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this place. We take authority in this place. We say the name of Jesus Christ shall be high and lifted up in this place. No other name but the name of Jesus. And we believe that darkness trembles at the name of Jesus. We believe that addictions are broken at the name of Jesus. We believe that sicknesses are healed at the name of Jesus. We believe that this county, this state, this nation can be redeemed by the power of the Lamb of God that was slain for sinners such as us. And we thank you for your love. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your presence in this place today. In Jesus' name. And anybody that's happy today would say amen with me. Amen. You may be seated. Thanks for standing with me. Today, while we are here in this fairgrounds, there are some athletes that are playing on a sports field, and some of them are so good, they call them game changers. Have you ever heard of that? I was never called a game changer in high school football. I was called a bench warmer. But there are some game changers. But I want to say I came to you today to tell you that Jesus Christ is truly the game changer. Jesus Christ is the name changer. Jesus Christ is the addiction breaker. Jesus Christ is the family changer. Jesus Christ is the marriage changer. Jesus Christ is our physical body changer. Jesus is our family changer. Jesus is the church changer. Jesus is the Fresno changer. Jesus is the Fresno County Fairground changer. Jesus is your life changer. In Mark chapter 5, there's this amazing story of a man who walked up. Jesus walked up to him. And you know what the man said to Jesus? Jesus said, what's your name? You expect it to be Ralph or Freddie or Nathan. And this man says to him, my name is Legion. Legion. Speaking of death, speaking of demonic powers, speaking of the forces of the evil one that had overcome his life. The Bible describes this man in the fifth chapter, and it says that they, they, he was so violent and so wicked that they chained him with shackles on his arms and his legs. And they tied him up, in the, and they, they, they put him outside of the city into the caves because he was so fierce and violent, so demonic, so powerful that he would break the chains at night. The Bible goes on to describe that he cut himself. There are people, as in my 40 years of experience with Teen Challenge, that are cutters. They cut themselves because of such brokenness, such woundedness, such, such pain in their life, so many times being abused by others, that there's such self-hatred that they cut themselves, saying, I, I deserve to be wounded. This man was a cutter. He cried, the Bible says he cried himself, to, at crying out and cutting himself with stones. And Jesus comes to him and he says to Jesus, my name is Legion. What have you to do with me? What do you have in common with me? You're that religious teacher. You're that guy who they say is perfect. You're that guy who they say is holy. What have you to do with me? A horrible sinner, lost, broken, hurting. No one will even deal with me. No one will want to be with me. A man who the Bible says cries himself to sleep at night in the tombs, living in the tombs. Why did he do this? Certainly because we know the Bible says he was demonic. Let me have your attention. I want you to be quiet as much as possible. I thank you. I don't, I don't want to try to tell you what to do, but I want people to hear this. 
and, and, and please, as little moving around as possible because the Holy Spirit is in this place. We, we, have, we have taken dominion of this fairground right here in this section, and, and, and we're here to say that Jesus is going to do something good. So, so just listen to this. There was this man, and he was crying out. And we don't understand why he was crying. Yes, he was demonically possessed, but why? Why was he cutting himself? Why was he broken? Why was he anguished? Why was he, why was he so full of rage? Now, history tells us something about this man in this section. He was from a, a land called the Gerasenes. And history tells us a man named Josephus, in the time of Jesus, wrote a history of Israel and the Gerasene area. And he tells us this incredible true story that the Gerasenes were a people who rebelled against Rome. They, they, they took up arms and they began to fight against Rome. And, and Caesar of Rome sent a man named Lucius. And Lucius took 2,000 soldiers with him. And they came into the Gerasene area. And they lined up all these young men who were carrying swords against Rome. And history, Josephus tells us that, that Lucius lined up 1,000 young Gerasene young men, teenagers, and ran them through with Roman spears and swords killing a thousand, quenching, quelling the rebellion. They took these young boys and they, and they put them in the tombstones just outside of the city of Gerasen. And in this tombstone, the Bible tells us there, there was a man. It doesn't tell us a whole lot about him, but I imagine him, in my imagination, of him being a father. And I imagine it's possible that during this rebellion, it was right around the same time Jesus came to this land, that during this rebellion, that this man may have lost a son or maybe a brother. And he was so broken over the woundedness and so angry. These 2,000 Roman soldiers came and killed his family members, killed his friends, killed his neighbors. And, and he was so broken by this violence, so broken by this woundedness, like many people in this auditorium here today. Broken by violence, broken by addiction, broken by family abuse, broken by child abuse, broken by divorce, broken by addictions, broken by loneliness, broken by heartache. And he was in there crying himself to sleep every night. And Jesus asks him his name. And you know what he says? Let me tell you before I tell you what he says is this. Those Roman soldiers that came to the garrisons, when they came with those 2,000 soldiers, do you know what 2,000 soldiers of Romans are called? A legion. Lucius brought a legion of Roman soldiers and killed his friends and family. And he takes on the name of his woundedness. He takes on the name of his pain. He takes on the, na the name of his brokenness. He says, I am legion. I am, I, am, I am the vengeance of those men who came and destroyed. And there are people here today listening to my voice. You have taken on the name of your pain. I am the heroin addict. I am the broken one. I am the recovering addict. I am the jailbird. I am, I am, the, I am the wounded one. I am the abused one. I am the broken one. I am the lost one. I am the hopeless one. I'm the one who can never be recovered. I'm the one who's too far gone. I'm the one who's too violent. I'm the one who's too lost. But Jesus comes to this man. He's identifying himself with his sin. And how many of us do that? We identify ourselves with our sin. But Jesus is a game changer. Jesus is a name changer. And this young this man walks up to Jesus and he says, my name is Legion. And Jesus, I can imagine him looking at him saying, well, that's about to change. You're no longer going to be the chained one. 
You're no longer going to be the one who's chained by addictions, who tries to keep breaking your addictions, but you keep going back to the same addictions, who's crying yourself to sleep at night in the tombs of sorrow and heartache and brokenness and pain in your life. And he says, that's about to change. I'm a game changer. I've come to you. I'm a name changer. I've come to you. I'm a family changer. I've come to you. And Jesus reaches out his hand, and he touches this man. And this man is totally, fully, thoroughly set free. This, this story tells us some very simple things, not just about this man and his problems, but most importantly, this story, because the Bible is not about me or you or about this man or about Peter, James, or John. You know who the Bible's about? The Bible is about Jesus. From Genesis to Revelation, it's all about Jesus. And this story is about Jesus. It's not just about a man who's broken, but it's about a Jesus who has power. Because, because, because churches know people have problems, but sometimes we don't have the power to set them free. Psychologists know about our problems, but they don't have the solutions to set us free. The prisons think they could help us with our problems, but they don't really know how to set us free. So this story is not just about a man who's broken and in pain and in trouble. This story is about Jesus who has power. He has power to set us free. He has power to change our lives. He has power to change our families. He has power to break our addictions. He has power to give us a new name. He has the power to be a game changer. So this story is about Jesus. And what it tells us about Jesus is that Jesus has the power to, to, to break demonic uh, uh, dominion in your life. Jesus has the power. You say, well, there's, there's no demons anymore. I don't know where you're living. But I see them all around me. You know, see, we, we, we want to we we believe there's no invisible world. We just think it's circumstances that have got us down. But it's, but it's somebody's against you. The Bible says Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And if you have come into this place today and you feel like there's been a, a, a destroying, an attempt to destroy your life, that's the enemy working against you. But this story tells us not just about the, the, the demoniac who's set free. This story tells us about Jesus who sets people free. This is the story about Jesus and his power over darkness, his power to bring deliverance. Secondly, it's the story of his power over addiction. This man was every night cutting himself, and Jesus broke him free from his addiction. Jesus not only brings deliverance from demonic power, but he brings freedom from addiction. He sets us free. Oh, you might say, well, I'm not addicted. Well, uh, two years ago, I was about 40, 50 pounds heavier than I was, and I was addicted to ice cream. I'm telling you, I was addicted. I could not walk by a Haagen-Dazs without stopping in for at least a triple scoop. And I, I needed Teen Challenge. Just for, I don't know if there's a Teen Challenge for ice cream addicts, but I would have I gone into the year-long program. We're all addicted in some other way, one way or another, so de demonic powers come against us, and we need deliverance. And addictions fight against our bodies and our minds and our spirits and our soul, and we need freedom, and Jesus is that freedom. And this man also got a healing from his past. So we learn from this story that Jesus is a healer. He sets us free from the, the wounds of our past. I very rarely met a drug addict, alcoholic, person who's dealing with some kind of problem in life without being able to go back to the past and find some type of wound, some type of abuse, some type of trauma in their life. And the thing that's so powerful about this story is that Jesus sets us free, not just from Satan's power, not just from our addictions, but he heals us of our past wounds. Jesus is the great, the Bible says, the great physician. He's the great healer. He sets us free. 
Now, I don't have time to go into it, but if you were to skip ahead just two chapters, to, we were in Mark chapter 5 tells us this story. If you go two chapters ahead to Mark chapter 7, you know what we read? That Jesus sent this man to 10 different cities to tell about the good things that Jesus had done for him. So not only was he set free from his own problems, not only was, was Jesus a game changer to him and a name changer to him, you know what happened to him? He became a game changer. He became a name changer. And he went into these 10 cities and he preached Jesus. And Jesus comes back later on. And this is where we get the story of the crowd of 5,000 people that had gathered around and Jesus multiplied the fish and the bread. It was where this young man or this man had gone out and testified of the power of Jesus. So I want to say just for a few seconds to you guys and gals at Teen Challenge. You're not just getting set free from drugs. You're not just getting set free. You're not just being changed. You are being changed for a purpose. God is going to use you. He's calling you. He has a future for you. He has plans for you. You are going to make a difference in your family. You're going to make a difference in your marriage. You're going to make a difference with your children and your grandchildren. You're going to make a difference in this world because he's not just setting you free from demonic powers. He's giving you powers over the prince of darkness. He's giving you freedom and victory. I'm going to close with a personal story because sometimes we, you know, we get into the Bible and, and people go like, I don't really read the Bible, don't understand the Bible. And so we need to make it real, make it personal. My father started Teen Challenge. There are now 1,500 centers around the world. While I speak to you right now, there's almost 20,000 men and women who are getting set free from addictions all around the world. 20,000 right now, today. And I grew up around Teen Challenge. I, I, was a, I was a baby when I first went to Brooklyn Teen Challenge in New York City. Grew up around these guys coming and playing basketball on the court with them. And I saw his transforming power. And, and I worked with Teen Challenge much of my life. But something happened in my own family to make it a whole different story. Do you know what it's like when it becomes personal? It's not just helping somebody else, but it becomes your own family. And one day when my son was about 14 years old, he came home. This is, this is a preacher's son, a pastor's kid whose grandfather started Teen Challenge, whose great-grandfather was a pastor, whose great-great-grandfather was a pastor seven generations back. So if anybody should stay a Christian, it should have been my son. But when he was about 14 or so years old, he came home, and, and his clothes smelled funny. Now, sometimes when you're a pastor, you don't quite understand, and you can be, you can be naive, you know what I mean? And, and he smelled funny, but I said, what's that smell on your clothes? He goes, oh, Dad, I was at a campfire. I went, oh, okay, that's what that is. Except the problem was he was going to campfires every night. You know what I'm talking about, right? And I finally, after a few months, realized, oh, that's not campfire, that's, that's marijuana. So he started smoking pot. And we, my wife and I, who just sang, we started praying. That's where she wrote that song, Lost Treasure, Come Home. We were praying every night, Jesus, bring my son home, because he was hanging out with the wrong crowds, hanging out with the... the and we prayed hard. You know what happens when you pray hard? Amazing things. Well, but sometimes it takes a while. And the more we prayed, the worse he got. We found out later that he started popping pills, taking, taking obituates, taking, taking uh, Oxycontin, and, and, and he, he was getting strung out, and he was losing weight, and he was getting sick, and he looked awful. And, and we, we prayed harder because we believe we're, we're faith. And, and his grandpa would have, would, have, would have stood in the gap for him. He, he, you know he's going to get rescued from this, but he got worse. And one day he came home, and his sleeves were rolled up. You know where I'm going to go with this, right, guys? His sleeves were rolled up, and I noticed these black marks on his arm. And just tears began to roll in my eyes. I said, son, what are you doing? He said, dad, I, I can't help it. I, I'm starting to shoot heroin into my veins. It got so bad. We prayed all the more. I remember, I remember so many nights just in my, in my bedroom, just, just pacing back and forth. Jesus, 
my father and I, we've helped tens of thousands of addicts, and my own son can't get free from this. Is there any hope? Are you really a deliverer? Are you really hope? Are you really a, a game changer? Are you really there for me and for my son, Elliot? And just the tears rolled down my eyes, and, 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 but he got worse. He started stealing from us, and some advice from friends said we're going to have to ask him to leave our home. Hardest day of my life was to go up to my, my now probably 19-year-old son, go up to him and say, Elliot, we got to ask you to leave the home. He started weeping, said, Dad, I can't leave. We live in Colorado. It was in the middle of winter, snow and ice on the streets. I said, you got to leave our home. You can't, you can't. We're just, we're just helping you with your addiction. And, and it got so bad. He said, I'm not leaving. We had to call the police to ask him to help him leave our home. It was the most horrible day of my life. I remember just going to my bed and just crying myself to sleep on the pillow. God, where are you? When are you going to help with this situation? And one day my wife had this just in the middle of our hopelessness, she had this vision, Jesus, are you really the game changer we were asking? And she had this vision of, of Jesus coming to her and saying, Jesus had both of his arms extended out to my wife and saying, bring me your son. And, and she, in this vision, picked up our son and his head was laying back like it was lifeless, his arms and legs dangling at his side like he was dead. And, and she thought that Jesus was saying, it's time to bring him home, he's not gonna make it. You're going to lose your son. And she was, she was full of anxiety and stress. And she was telling me this story. I was as well. And she says, Jesus took our boy Elliot into his arms and did something really strange. He turned around, turned his back to her. And my wife was like, where are you going? Are you taking him home? What's, what's wrong? And Jesus turned around and just said these simple words to her. I've got this. I've got this. I've got this. Don't worry. Don't worry. I've got this. It wasn't but a few days, maybe a week or so later, I got a phone call one morning and said, Dad, are you sitting down? I said, yeah, Elliot, it's good to hear your voice. He had been homeless for a while, living on the streets, doing heroin, stealing from people, and he got put in jail. And he said, Dad, I got put in jail. I've been here for a few days, and this is the first time I've been able to call you. And I said, oh, son, I knew this was going to happen. I knew you were going to either up dead or, 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 uh, or, or long-term prison sentence. I knew this was hopeless. What's happening to you? He goes, you're not going to believe this, Dad. He goes, I, I got put in jail here, and, and my body I hadn't used in a while. My body's going through withdrawals, and I'm laying down. They turn off the lights in my cell last night. And I'm just, he said, Dad, I'm, I'm, I'm crying myself to sleep, saying, how many prayers have been prayed over me? How many sermons have I heard? How many times have they told me Jesus is the answer? And it doesn't seem to be working in my life. Jesus, where are you? And he told me in the middle of his prison cell, in the dark cell with all the lights turned off, all of a sudden a light turned on. But, but not a light from the light bulbs or the, or the prison guards or it wasn't a flashlight. It was the light of the glory of Jesus Christ coming to his cell. He said, Dad, all the, all the withdrawal pain went away instantly. I was filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know what your theology is, but let me just tell you this. We, we have a Pentecostal theology. And he, didn't thought, he thought that was the stupidest stuff where people, they call it speaking in tongues. You know, where they go, blah, blah, blah. And he was telling me, you know all that stupid stuff you do with that, blah, 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 stuff. He goes, oh, I, don't know, I don't know what happened, but I started speaking in a language I don't know about. And, and, and God's presence was all over me. And that was, and that was uh, about six years ago now. And every day since he's been living for Jesus, Every day since, he's been filled with the glory of God. I got, I, I got to do his marriage. I got to stand up there and, and pronounce him. He married one of our elders' daughters in our church, a pure, beautiful young lady. They gave us a baby grandson now, uh, Axel. He's amazing. We're just so thrilled. At the wedding, 
at the wedding, you know the part where the, as, a, as the pastor, I get to say, you may now kiss the bride? Well, he took Megan and he kissed her and he kissed her and he, he was kissing her. And he, this was going on way too long. I mean, this was, I was getting embarrassed. Thankfully, Nikki Cruz was sitting down in the front row of the, the church where we were having the wedding and he got up and broke them apart and said, okay, enough is enough. I say that to say my son was so happy because I want to say to you in closing the same thing that Jesus said to my wife. I've got this. Are you cutting yourself? Are you shooting things into your veins? Are you about to lose your marriage? Has your finances got you to a place where you're so worried and anxious you don't know what to do? Are you lost, like my wife's song, Lost Treasure? And is today your time to come home? Is your problems too big for you? Are, are, you, are you bound by the things that chain you up and, and then you, you, you go back to the same chains again? Jesus is saying to you, don't worry, I've got this. Is your marriage falling apart? Jesus says, don't worry, I got this. Is the addiction too big for you? Don't worry, I got this. Are the demon powers too strongly railed against you? Jesus says to you, I, don't worry, I've got this. Is your body sick? Jesus says, don't worry, I've got this. Is your mind troubled by suicide and thoughts of, of, of self-hatred and pain? Jesus says, don't worry, I've got this. Do you feel like a failure, a loser, a hopeless nobody? Jesus says, don't worry, I've got this. I am here today to change your name because your name was one time lost but now it's found. Your name was, you are weak, but now you are strong. Your name is lost, but now you're found. Your name is hopeless, but now you have hope. Your name was, was, was withdrawn from the crowds, and now you're out there blessing other people. Your name was an addict, and now your name is a victorious warrior in Jesus Christ. Listen to me. Listen to me. Your name was, I wandered into Fresno County Fairgrounds, hoping for a few good rides maybe to smoke a joint when I was done. But you came in here today, and all of a sudden, Jesus said, I'm going to change the game. I'm going to make things new. He did it for me. He can do it for you. He sang to you, no problem's too big. No hopelessness is too beyond his control. Don't worry. Jesus has got this. Why don't you help me close by saying that one time with me. Would you say that? Jesus, you've got this. Jesus, you've got this. Amen. Let's put our hands together. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you haven't already, subscribe today on your mobile device to get exclusive new content from Teen Challenge of Southern California. For more information, visit us on the web at teenchallenge.org.